everybody. Welcome back to the Annie Are You Okay podcast. Woo! Yeah, whatever. This episode, we talked to my good friend and fellow podcaster, Reggie, to discuss alcoholism. We go over the things that cause alcohol use disorder and how mental health plays a role. We also had to bring him in for like a second time to record because, well, audio was hard. <laughs> so thanks, Reggie. I want to clarify, once again, we are not mental health professionals. We are simply advocating for mental health, but in no way are we experts. Please understand that this show is designed to be a therapeutic tool to help our listeners establish their own sense of self, but this is not therapy. Thank you, everyone who keeps tuning in and hearing what we have to say. I know we haven't been super consistent with releasing episodes, but y'all know we are two working moms doing our best. This show, though, I mean, it has helped us both so much. It's given us a voice that we both never imagined having. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Please like and follow the show on Apple and Spotify. And if you're feeling nice, please leave us a review or even if you're not feeling nice. Please remember to follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at Annie Are You Okay Podcast and on Twitter at AAYO Podcast, all caps. All right, here's the show. Mac, whatever. His mic and Mac. Look how fancy it is. All right, so today I'm going to go basically just like introduction, you know, ask you about your show, introduce topic. Mm. And then I was like, we should probably talk about the Tinder date thing because I thought it was funny and uh, relatable because <laughs> he recently got on Tinder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm on Tinder now. Oh, well, yeah, I definitely knew who you were when you Slash. first walked in because I saw you on Tinder and I was like... Ah, uh, really? Uh, I thought so. Yeah, okay. no, I know. I was like, we literally made the face and I was like, I've seen but we, these. Not gonna, yeah. See, I've pulled yeah, one for God. That shit. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot what I've seen on Tinder at this point, so I'm I'm blessed to know that like if that encounter happens, I'm on a <laughs> swipe like, left yeah. thing where I'm just like, who's on? Here? Are we even plugged I'm in? Single, headphones? just saying. <laughs> oh, that's right. MBD. MBD, dude. I never want to date again. <laughs> that shit. Yeah, that I'm... shit's for soldiers. Good luck to you guys. That's what, well, because I went on Tinder because I was like, I'll get outside my friend group and meet some new people. people, I like how everyone's ethically non-monog and want to hike everywhere. (laughs) I'm like, "Mm, yeah, it's Oregon. Yeah. I just, yeah, I don't even know what to say. And half of them are people pleaser that I'm just like, I'm whatever you want to (laughs) be. Yeah. And half of them are like transplants, which I'm not going to be like a (laughs) raging hater on that, but like. It's hard when you want to go on a date with someone and they're like, let's go to Manama Falls. And you're like, mm. you mean the place I was forced to hike like eight times in my lifetime? My least favorite hike in the world, yeah. I think. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Annie Are You Okay podcast. Today we have Reggie back because we recorded uh, once before <laughs> and unfortunately the audio on that was just awful. Learning curve, but welcome back. Yeah, I'm back. We're in round two and I'm down for it. Yay. So, you have a podcast, right? Yeah. It is called Six Sheets Under, where we talk about kinks, fetishes, and sexuality in general to try and kind of destigmatize it. I mean, some kinks and fetishes are inherently funny, mm-hmm. but being able to just talk about it and say, hey, people are into this, it's normal to, as long as nobody's getting hurt, there's no need to yuck yums and just have fun. For sure. Well, that's awesome. Um, so today we brought you in to talk about alcoholism. 
Um, so what do you want to share briefly on that before we dive in? Uh, well, I am now, as of the today, 172 days sober. Yeah. And so that's <laughs> longest I've been sober since I was 16. That's incredible. So. Congratulations. Still that's going since the last recording. I actually re-downloaded the self-harm app or the, the sober app and did the self-harm thing again. Self-harm app. It's the self-harm <laughs> app. sounds so sinister. Oof. My bad. Uh, anyway, I got the sober app again and um, I've made it longer than I've ever made it without self-harm. So, nice. I mean, I, I did it again because I made it like two and a half weeks already. So I was like, all right, I've got a head start and I don't have to look at it count from like 30 seconds on. So, toot toot. What is that app? It's I've a never heard it's of like that. a sober counting app. It just counts. Um, it just counts the the time that you've been sober. Um, I did it with cigarette smoking, so mm. like I got like a smoke free app, and it and I still have it now. I'm like four and a half years smoke free, and it just like helps you. Sometimes it doesn't, <laughs> but like it it just tells you exactly how long you've been, you know, sober, and like if you're sober of alcohol or drugs or anything it'll give you like statistics on like your health and how far your body's recovered um, mine's self-harm so it's a little different but um it's just nice for me to have something that's like sounds like a period trucker but for for like drinking <laughs> or self-harm like for that's what well, i'm thinking I'm it's like, just a sober app. it's a sober counting app and then they just have self-harm as a selected right. um you know whatever so okay so that's like a fancy journal, kind of. I mean, it's not really a journal. I'm going to show you it. Just for you to put in, like, <laughs> notes about it. your day and stuff? Because that's usually, I like, what... Because so. that's, that's, that's how I... Yeah, yeah, so it looks like this. And it just sh it just straight oh, up counts. Oh, so it's just a timer. Yeah. That's rad. That's yeah, cool. and I hated doing it first because I, I just... I would start it the day I started. <laughs> and that just didn't work, so... Anyway. Um, moving on here. So, um... I guess we don't really have to talk about Tinder dates, do we? Do we need to talk about Tinder dates? I mean, I haven't, I haven't had any. Okay, well, unless you guys want to. I haven't yet. So. <laughs> I can tell you a few dozen really bad date stories, but one of them was like straight up I freaking went on a date with this guy and it was just to make his ex jealous, but he never told me. Oh. Right. So I'm out on this date and I'm like trying to have a conversation, trying to get to know this person. And in walks this woman who literally takes my freaking cup of water and throws it at me and then takes his plate of food and throws it at him and then leaves. And I'm like, well, man, I just wish I would have known this was going to happen. Yeah, I would have looked around and been like, are we on a TV like, show? Like, do right, I get camera paid? out. Ready <laughs> to go. I looked around for a camera and didn't see one. I don't know. I was going to say, as far as Tinder goes, me and Reggie just realized we recognized each other because we had seen each other on Tinder swiping oh and, through. And both swiped no. I yeah. I mean, I mean that, I'm, I'm not just taking it that. personal. I'm taking She's it like, personal. She's like, you're not. <laughs> I mean, I'm just on a swipe left. Like, I don't know. Sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, sure. But then most of the time it's just seeing who the fuck's on here and just right. wasting time. There's got to be a resolution to dating other than dating apps. But it feels like there never is going to be one. <laughs> Well, I feel like a lot of what people want to do is not date, but they want to, like, just waste time. I guess that's yeah, where I'm at. we're also, point. like, I'm, like, I'm this... kind of trying to get through a period of time. Right, we're all at Live this through it. point <laughs> that's in my our goal. lives, right? Well, it's also the whole dating, and this is completely off topic for the episode, but I did an episode on, like, cyber dating, online dating in our show, especially with COVID. 
Mm. You can't really go out to, you know, yeah. where generations before us had, yeah. oh, you go to this bar if you're single. You go to this bar yeah, no, if it's, you're... It's really shown, like, how much creativity people do or don't have. <laughs> yeah. So, it, like, the dating site, like, I'm talking to people in other states, knowing it's probably never going to happen, but it is expanding a friend group, at least. And it, it, social TV skills. People make it work. <laughs> Right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Dude, we were watching episodes of Date Your Mom, or Date My Mom oh my on God. MTV. It's so bad. I saw a post. This oh was, my God. This only relates to that, but I saw a post that was like, my mom grounded me for a week, so I catfished her for six months and broke her heart. And I was like, oh, kids oh, of this generation. Shit. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Can I just say this? Kids of this next generation are so different than us. Like, uh, millennials, I'm speaking on millennials. I would never imagine a a protest of high school students when I was in high school. Yeah. Oh yeah, kid, they got balls now. They got I love balls. It. I'm, I'm on the magical line of millennial and Gen. Uh, Z, what are they? Your Z. Z. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah, 97, but yeah. yeah. See, and I'm 90, so I'm like true blue. <laughs> see, I'm 87, so I'm Z millennial. Oh so yeah, I'm yeah, Gen you're X on the other millennial. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, these Zers are like, I mean, as much as they're annoying brats and whatever people want to say about them. Oh, I don't know. I kind of admire them. These I kids admire got balls. the fuck yeah. out of them because they're they're paving a way for our, our kids, which you know, Generation Alpha. Uh, hopefully, they 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 take notes and notice that like you know, just because you're a kid doesn't mean you don't get a voice, doesn't mean you don't deserve autonomy, right. and it doesn't mean you don't have the right to protest your your freedoms. So. Um, you know, that's just not something that was given to us, and it's the major reason why we all got childhood trauma. So, <laughs> well, I mean, but the, the grateful thing is, we get to see that, like, with the shit we went through, and I think specifically for me, because you know, like, Max and Ken are not that much younger than me, right? And like, I specifically went through a lot of shit with my family because I was the one, to, like, I ain't gonna, you know, continue with this, yeah. And uh, it, it, it paved a way for them to find like a, a way out that wasn't, you know, they didn't have to claw their way out and be like, I'm leaving like they're doing the thing that they have to to get out and be comfortable and do what they need to do and i'm very proud of them so i think the next gen's gonna they're gonna get the shit rolling really so we better just watch out and get on there get on their I team know, i'm ready for it i'm ready to just like support my kid through it and everything mm -hmm. um anyway so let's move on uh today we're going to talk to you about you know alcoholism and just more or less how that plays a part and a role in um in mental health so I'm going to start out with just some like stats that meant, well, they moved me. <laughs> so alcohol sales increased 54% in the week ending in March in 2020 um, due to stay-at-home orders, which I think last episode was something that you brought up. 54%. <laughs> Literally, the pandemic had just started. Like, that was just starting. So, And there was a massive spike in online orders as well. Like, the percentage of people ordering alcohol for delivery online went way up. For the first time in a long time, um, you could order from almost anywhere and get alcohol delivered to you, which, when I was a kid, like, that wasn't a thing. Like, there wasn't even an option, you know, the adults, you know, would order pizza and still have to go get drinks. This time you could order pizza and they deliver, you know, what are those, the big, uh, you handle. know, you flip it over your freaking wrist to drink it, that thing. The jug. The oh. jug, yeah. yeah. The handle. A, a handle. That's so crazy. I can't believe it either, just because, like, I even started drinking more during the pandemic, and I've never been a big, huge drinker, except for just, you know, reckless behavior, and, uh, it just, 
I mean, I was drinking at least every night two or three drinks, and that yeah. that's a lot more. There was more. nothing else to do. In my I opinion. know. I it was, was just like, like what do you do? And the only thing that came to mind was like, okay, I guess we'll go buy alcohol. Yeah. And then a lot of stuff happened after that. <laughs> and then we're like, hey, maybe we don't buy alcohol. The <laughs> pandemic just, just really fucked anybody who was in a position, in a vulnerable position when it came to substance or mental health. Yeah, it, it, it just an, it showed a light on it for everybody. everybody like a zit. Yeah. Um, so another crazy statistic. I don't know if you have the same ones because these are just disturbing stats. <laughs> we might have pulled it from the same resource. Um Alcohol-related deaths rose by 43% between 2006 and 2018. That doesn't even include the pandemic. Mm -mm. So, it's just things that we gotta look out for, guys, because alcohol is just so fucking normalized to the point where you're almost shamed if you don't participate and, or, you know, if someone speaks up and say, hey, I know everybody around us is drinking, but you're doing it way more, um they're not listened to you know and this is like a circumstance that i'm constantly put in and why i stopped going out with my friends because oh, yeah. we'd all drink but you know tim and tara will drink way fucking more than the rest and we got to take care of them and it's scary you know what i mean and, and nobody wants to talk about that right tim and tara over here hey you know <laughs> I loved him in Tara, but, like, at the same time, I'm not going to keep putting myself in an emotionally traumatizing situation where I have to worry about you. Right. And that's where I was. I had to realize, like, oh, yeah, I keep throwing hands anytime anyone's like, you're drinking a lot. And I'd get fucking pissed. I'd be all like, what? I mean, what's your what's your fucking problem? What's a big deal? And I'd just immediately start going right. from that and just snowball and snowball until you get the big Kilgore, like, I'm going to stand up and put you in your place. And then after a while, it's all like, man, why do I keep breaking my hands? Man, why do I keep, like, hurting myself? Who did I fight that night? And then after a while, it gets tired of asking yourself the same questions. And you're just like, hmm, maybe it's time to slow down and not do this so much. It's hard to, especially when you're, like, I know every time I've been influenced by alcohol, it's, it's way too hard to actually admit that you're wrong in that moment. Yeah, it's really hard to look at yourself and be all like, ah, piece of shit. <laughs> Even though, you know, you shouldn't look at it like that. You're a person who's, like, made choices and you just have to live with those choices and figure out where you're going to go from there because everybody's got a choice in how they want to live their life or how they want to continue their life yeah and alcohol impairs your ability to rationally think so, you know i was always the constant drinker mm -hmm. so my baseline was alcohol in my system at all times right so then going out with friends or going out where drinking was something we were doing that's when i was like okay that on top of my regular was extremely excessive mm -hmm. but other people just look at it like oh no he's just hanging out with us keeping up with us or it's like nah there's i start i pre-gamed for years before this yeah. like yeah and that's what i fear too is like the my friends who were a lot like that um you know are a lot like that like what is their life gonna turn out like you know what i mean nobody's talking about the next 20 years oh we're we're all 30 plus yeah, I was gonna say the only people that I know I had to stop You're hanging 25, out. You're twenty five, so you have like just. I, but I had gotten. to stop hanging out with my friends that are like that, like you know, uh, someone very close to us who continues to drink their life away instead of you know like figuring it out and facing what they got to. You know, they ask me like, "Oh, you're gonna take care of me when I get old and when I can't do this no more?" And I'm like, I, I had to stop saying yes because I'm like. I'm like, yeah, I will. Of course, I freaking will. But if I keep saying yes, you're gonna keep thinking it's okay to just keep hurting right. yourself mm. like this. Like someone's gonna be there to take care of you no matter what. And it's like, at some point, at least, you know, with 
my fa- friends and family, you got to lay down the hammer and be like, no, you're going to die alone. Right. You keep doing this, you're going to die alone. It's hard to set boundaries with people that you love that have problems. It is. But once you realize that yourself has deteriorated to a certain level, you're like, okay, motherfucker, this is your one thing. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't take the one thing, you're on your own. And, I mean the people who who stick by people with substance abuse issues i mean there's a mixed bag but every single one of them just wants their family to get better oh yeah so i had to be basically carried out of my apartment and taken to detox detox because i'd drinking myself to the point where i couldn't walk i wasn't eating it was very uh it went from regular use to really intentionally self-destructive use Mm-hmm. To the point was, okay, if I die, so what? Like, I don't have to worry about it anymore because I'll be dead. Right. Like, it was a very, like, I was extremely depressed at the time. And then you throw alcohol, which is a depressant, on top of that, and it cascades pretty hard. Right. Like, I was lucky enough to have family that were willing to go, hey, no, you're coming with us. Try to fight us Drag back. You, <laughs> you can't even fucking walk. <laughs> like, we're getting your ass out of here. That's and crazy. I'm I'm one of the fortunate few to have people like that in my life. Would you say that that pretty much is what it takes, or at least like that's, that's what, what it, it took had for to me. take? Yeah. But I was already I was already battling depressive issues and other issues compounding it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and the substance just keeps you separated from even connecting back into dealing with that. Yeah, it is. I don't know. I've definitely had like my episodes where. I've spent months where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to fucking party and (laughs) blow all my money and, you know, do all sorts of recreational, whatever the fuck I wanted. And in the end of it, I was like, I need to stop because if I don't, this will become my lifestyle. So I don't even, (laughs) like, I'm not scared because I feel like there's always, for for me, I've always had that like, oh fuck, I don't really want to destroy my life, but I'm gonna get fucking close. So, not everybody's the same. It definitely drinking became part of like my personality. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I moved out when I was 18, so I was one of the youngest of the friend group to have their own place. So that's where everyone would go to party. I always had access to liquor or beer. So there was yeah. all, like, I had fake IDs, I had friends that would hook me up. So alcohol became a big part of who I was. Like, I took pride in being able to outdrink someone. It's like, that's not really something to be prideful yeah. of when you're throwing up blood and shitting diarrhea the next day every day. Like, right. But it's something that they push. Like, I think about Indiana no, Jones. Definitely, yeah. Like, in, yeah, that, in the scene where it's like, you know, Miriam's out drinking the guy in Nepal mm-hmm. and he's like massive, right? And it's supposed to be like this, like, this lady's tough. And that, like, when I look at it now, I'm all like, what the heck? Well, There's no way. Why did they teach us this? The it's character, not real. The character Archer was someone I really looked up to because of that. I was like, oh, yeah. he drinks all day too. It's right. fine. It's like, it's a fucking cartoon. Yeah, why are no, you looking up real. to this character? Yeah. yeah. It's unbelievable how much drinking is just not just normalized but just fucking encouraged it's pushed it really is pushed it's something that they want the they want the people to continue consuming well and you also have the social media aspect of it where no one's posting their social daily sobriety right. people are posting hey i'm out with friends having a drink hey i'm out partying with hey, this when those friends do post their sobriety things i pump them the fuck up yeah, yeah. it gets more popular which is good that's what is needed yep mm-hmm. um so Quick questions. Mm-hmm. 
When did you start drinking? Or that you can probably, you said, like, how old? I started drinking around 16. Okay. So probably, like, like, on a really regular va- basis around 17. And the statistics for alcoholism for people who start drinking at a young age are, like, almost double. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like, cheers to you just to be able to make it out of that. Mm-hmm. Because that's a thick thing. Um, but when do you think you found out or, like, realized, oh, this is definitely a problem? And then when you found out, were you like, okay, I'm going to try and fix it or fuck it? It was definitely my divorce is when I realized, oh, and it's taken me long enough, like, now to realize, yes, alcohol was a major factor in that divorce, like, because you want to say, no, it wasn't me, it's not that, I don't have a problem, but it was definitely a, well, fuck it moment, like, I'm divorced anyways, like, I'm losing my job anyways because of drinking, so what do I have left to do but drink? It's, like, almost fits the trope, and you're like, oh, I'll just be the character. Yeah. Yeah, rock bottom. You're either going to stay there or you're going to stand up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how long were you in detox? I only spent like five days. Okay. Because it was just alcohol. So it was really just... Mo- and it was detox, not rehab. Right. <coughs> so basically just getting you to a point where your body is stable not and able to, to kill function. Me. Yeah. Right. And what did you... What kind of treatment did you seek after detox? Uh, just therapy. Just therapy. That's because I'm, I'm not into... <laughs> I'm not into the 12 steps or things like that where... Yeah. It relies on a higher power. I can't do religion either. Yeah. Yeah. But finding a therapist and then finding out, oh, here's why I was drinking. Not just, like, the outer surface level, but, like, what's really being coped. What's really being, like, pushed down by alcohol. What causes the alcoholism is the hardest part of the alcoholism. Mm -hmm. I I relate. So (laughs) I'm totally, I'm always, you know, normalized mental health try to get therapy i mean therapy needs I, it should be something just everybody yeah. goes to like, oh dude once, once my son is good and ready i can't wait to set him up with a child play therapist and just get in his head and understand you know at an early age when you start telling your kid that you have autonomy they just grow up different oh yeah so yeah no, we're already talking to a behavioral specialist with sylvia just because she understands she can do whatever the heck she wants but also at three years old yeah. is a very long leash yeah. <laughs> and we're not looking to let her hang herself with it. So Lord. And like, I just pushed the whole childhood thing because that's what traumatized the majority of us. Um, and then it leads me to my next question. Do you have any underlying like health issues or mental health issues or trauma in the past that I, you think contributed to? I don't have any traumas in like the sense of a specific event, but it's definitely the, I grew up very solitary, taking care of my younger brother mm. with parents that weren't, as much as they want to be, they weren't able to be there. So I basically grew up raising my younger brother. And I've been actually just recently doing research on that. Turns out that's actually like can cause like having to force your brain to grow up faster. Yeah, it is trauma. It's a, it's a big it, T. That's actually a big trauma. Yeah, it's, people, it's very easily looked over. Yeah. Well, it's because it's been done for so long by like the entire American people. Like the American people basically are just built on like times after when war, you, right? So right, but it's just all force... these times where you have to have to do it. You got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. When you force a child to become an adult before that time is. Re- like ready right um it's a it's a stunt oh definitely it's a stunt yeah 
My sister was the same way. So my sister is seven years older than me, and then when my parents were doing all their crazy crap and they were into drugs, it was hardcore 90s Portland days. Um, like, she had to grow up. And so, like, that's why she's tattooed on my arm, because she literally fucking raised me. Without her there, I probably would have, like, starved to death. Dylan, Ellie, were my mom and dad. Yeah, so yeah. we all have that shared trauma. <laughs> right. I was going to ask, what sort of, like, shadow work or reflective work do you do personally, like, to help with it? So, like, what kind of, I guess, like, what kind of questions do you delve deeper into for yourself? Mm. That's a good question. I guess, because I'm very good at, like, well, I won't say very good. I try to self-analyze mm -hmm. a bit. So, being able to, like, I take, I now keep a journal, like, every night. Just a, it's kind of cool to have like a whole journal for every day of your life. You never know when that's going to be a cool thing to have, right. like down the road. <laughs> but I definitely like look back and say, okay, like why would I choose alcohol in this situation, or is you know why am I making this choice instead of this one? Like the uh, idea of alcohol use dependency and stuff, being like, well, I have to go here because I know I'll be able to get alcohol if I'm over here, versus if I go to this friend's house where there's nowhere I can get alcohol, like. Be you know, I reflect and be like, oh, that did shape my choices a lot. And being able to say, okay, well, can we not make that a priority now? Right. Yeah. I don't know if that's where that question was. But, but. Well, I mean, it was pretty open-ended. I just asked because, like, um, I'm starting to work on that and getting into where I want to do, like, my shadow work on my traumas and trying to figure out basically where, like, a lot of anger that I hold. Because that's where I always go whenever I mm. drink or ever I, you know go into a state uh like a bpd state as i go into those hyperactive very anger states um and a lot of like the learned uh behaviors from like the narcissistic abuse that i took on comes out um and so i guess i was just asking like more or less like yeah what you want to delve into to how like how you want to work on that just because i also am working on journaling just went to target and got this really cute journal. <laughs> that Wait, cool. no. um, cheers to journaling because i can't do it Really? I have to. I I do notes and well, I do journaling. talk to text. Notes. That's still journaling. <laughs> that's still journaling. Okay. Well, yeah. I just can't write anymore, man. My hands are crushed. I was gonna say, my psychiatrist said it's one of the main things that help people and has been used throughout time and history is just writing down your emotions because a lot of what you know mental health is is that you're not able to get those needed yeah. emotions and feelings out. So that's why I ask is like you know what what tools do you use because we talk a lot about mental health here but I think you know we should also talk about tools and things yeah, that we all use definitely the tools that we use every day to try and keep ourselves on track because whether you suffer with alcoholism or just mental illness or whatever we all have ways that we cope that are unhealthy and mm -hmm. that's what we're getting at um, coping in healthy ways because right. life is always going to put pressure on you right. um, and for me you know my sense of coping is an alcoholism it's actually fucking self-harm as crappy as it is to admit that that's my reality and it's mm -hmm. not always like kidding or cutting anything like that it's bad self-talk and in bad choices yeah. because i don't choose to put myself first or think that i'm worth say, my, my overused tool is like that self-analyzing i overthink everything and it's a great tool to think about what you're doing ask yourself these personal questions and try to find the answers but like when you overuse the tool when you overthink it then becomes a hindrance, right? Because you're just getting in your head and you're right. you're hurting yourself. Yeah, more. you can really hurt yourself. Right, right. And you have that thing on blast <laughs> every time. I don't, you know, it's okay. you know me. I literally leave everything like, behind. I, I can't remember be on anything. Blast. Is. I have a two or three year old. Yeah, my brain's not here. All right. Well, next I want to kind of explain what AUD is because I feel like it's 
definitely a newer establishment. It's a, new the term. new term for alcoholism. Yes. So it's alcohol use disorder, and it's defined as a chronic disease characterized by uncontrolled drinking and preoccupation with alcohol. So we, like, talked about that. That's what you were dealing with was you are super preoccupied with where am I going to go next and is there alcohol going to be, like, be there? Um, and then alcoholism you know, is simply defined as the inability to control drinking due to both a physical and an emotional dependence on alcohol. So what you can have both. Well, yeah, like me, I can, I can not drink for a long, long time, but like when I go out, I can't help how much I drink. I will drink until I black out, but I can go a month and a half without going out and getting drinks. But anytime I go out, I overdrink. Okay. Yeah. And that's part of that binge culture. Yeah. Yeah. Binge is a part of it too. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's, one of the leading causes for alcoholism as well is just simply because I go out here and I get drunk every time and it releases all these ener- mm-hmm. all this energy. Now I'm doing it every Friday. Well, it's a huge flow of, you know, or dopamine day. or whatever is going on in your brain. So your body almost becomes addicted to like, oh, we're going out, like we're getting ready. Oh, I know we're going to about to go get drunk. And I'm I'm defining this because I feel like there's definitely a fat ass stigma against alcoholism. Oh, like yeah. it's a choice. Like <laughs> drug use is not a choice. Alcoholism is not a, a choice. Whether it is a choice or not is not really the important factor. What is is realizing it's also a fucking mental disease. Yeah. <laughs> and this isn't just this person isn't just suffering from not being able to control their actions they're also struggling with this and what what they've done with it over the course of their life to get there Mm -hmm. so you know i wish people would just acknowledge that because i hate i hate seeing people be so negative towards alcoholism it's like man consider yourself lucky to not fucking understand i guess i don't know no i agree with that there's a lot of people out there that want to simplify it down to something that you know is fixable when in a lot of things it's like there's this is a this is the ugly flower that came from a plant that came from like the deep down bulb out and you know in the the, deep in the garden like Mm -hmm. it didn't just come up and that's the problem we just clip it and it's good yeah you had to dig that bitch up yeah and i i for one know what it's like to be just discriminated against because people don't understand what it's like to live your fucking life or when you're the child of a huge family and it's like your parents are the only ones that drink uncontrollably i won't say that because well yeah we all know how that goes but like how modeled behavior ends up (laughs) right but it's like you're completely segregated from the rest of your family your church or whatever because oh you're you're that you're the black sheep family you're the ones that drink too much you're the ones that like this you're the you're the wild partiers so what causes alcohol use disorder which is important Mm -hmm. obviously as genetics family history um drinking at an early age, uh, mental health conditions, and a history of trauma, or a mixture of all. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, like, every human I know has experienced one or not more. Right. So, um, that's a whole lot of alcoholics, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, I think it's, like, 62% of anyone that even tries alcohol once between the ages of 12 and 17 are likely to become alcoholics or AUDs or... Right, or to abuse alcohol mm. in some way and form. Which um, I don't think I know anyone who has never abused alcohol. And mm. if I do, they're like, they're weird. You know what Actually, I mean? Actually, yeah. Looks, we always kind of <laughs> like glorified the, oh, I'm 21, we can go out and party now. Right. And yeah, let's go to Vegas. Whatever. If drinking <laughs> became like a goalpost. 
it was something to aim for and something to get to. I know. I still want to go to Vegas too, Anna. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, I want to. I want to go to Vegas. Well, but... like for me, with alcohol now, um, I don't like consuming too much. So no. I know when I go to Vegas, I'm not going to make fucking terrible decisions. But that's no. my situation, and I don't encourage anybody to put themselves in that situation if they think they're going to end up needing the IV on the side of the road, <laughs> which and does happen yep. a lot. That is another thing too is being able to recognize scenarios that you can put yourself in and be able to like still control yourself versus seeing a situation go, Oh, I'll be fine and then deep down knowing, No, I know if I put myself in this situation I'm gonna drink. Not, yeah. That's something I've been having to learn is like, okay, where can I go? Who can I be with? Well and then also just being honest. For me it's about being honest of like can I really control myself mm-hmm. in this situation or do I think I have control over yeah. myself in this situation? See, I'm just, I'm, if I'm, I'm always honest and I just don't show up if I can't <laughs> at this point, because like, I mean, in the past, I just got to remember what my life was like eight months ago because it was very different before having a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My decision making, like I put myself into risky situations on the regular. Oh yeah. No, before having a kid, it wasn't, I didn't even think about that. I was like, I'm having fun. I what know, are you talking what about? We're going to have a good time. This floorboard could break beneath me. I'm just breaking into abandoned homes. Look how cool this rotted window is. Look at this. See, and I was at parties at those places and it's like, I don't know half but these people. I see understand. weapons everywhere. I was, I am an adrenaline junkie. Oh, That's yeah. why I like to run. I like well, feeling like BPD the heartbeat thing. in my throat. And so when I would go into those houses and I would be afraid of getting caught, I'd be afraid of getting hurt. I'd be afraid of finding a tweaker. I'd be afraid of finding an animal. <laughs> I brought a her with me each time and I would go zap, zap and walk in. But I would come out of there going like, <laughs> like breathing heavy, dripping sweat off my head. My hair's really thick. So my head would sweat. <laughs> and like, I would just be like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, adrenaline's a shit. Yeah, it's a lot like, like the tattoo pain. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we whether you put yourselves in endangering situations or not, a lot of people do that because it, of the adrenaline, and not just that, but, like, everything that comes after that, the satisfaction, I feel relaxed later on. and looks well, you had the peaks when you get the valley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're sleep at night, <laughs> which was really hard. I've exhausted my body and my emotional trauma is at a high, but I can sleep. <laughs> just being single with cats for five and a half years straight, man, you know, you just get a little bored and start crazy. <laughs> it was fun, though. <laughs> but with two cats, how could you ever be bored or crazy? <laughs> I'm crazy, but how could you be bored? <laughs> True, no. I mean, crazy, sure, but like... Two is a standard number, I think. When you yeah. start getting to four or five, that's when the crazy... Everyone called me, like, I've had my cats for nine years, and everyone has been, like, calling me the OG cr- crazy cat lady. I'm like, I'm just the one that coined the term. <laughs> like, everybody else... Everyone else doesn't follow a real crazy cat lady, because a real crazy cat lady is, like, the lady who was the librarian at my um, art school... Uh, yeah, and she has, like, 12 or 13 mm. cats. I was afraid of actually ending up alone with mm. my cats and, like, having them eat me while I died. I think that'd be kind of metal, though. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I think that'd be kind of cool. Actually, actually like, kind of cool. Never mind. Cats. No. Only other way I'd want to go out is by a shark, I guess. Oh, that would suck. That See, would be awful. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't kill you in one day. That's me, though. Eight. I'm a fucking psycho. Like, Dude, you could literally be digested and be still be alive inside of it. I want to experience something crazy Boba Fett Rancor shit. Sarlacc pit. Thousand yeah, years of pain. Cool. I've got weird ideas of dying. But anyway, the next thing I kind of want to cover is how alcohol affects the brain. Um, so this is a bit of a... Shrinketing. 
So Betty Ford says, the Betty Ford Foundation, if you guys don't know who that is, look them up. Alcohol has a profound effect on the complex structures in the brain. It blocks chemical signals between brain cells called neurons, leading to the common immediate symptoms of intoxication, including impulsive behavior, slurred speech, poor memory, and slowed reflexes. If heavy drinking continues over a long period of time, the brain adapts to the block signals by responding more dramatically to uh, a certain brain chemicals called neurotransmitters. After alcohol leaves the system, the brain continues overactivating the neurotransmitters, causing painful potent and potentially dangerous withdrawal symptoms that can damage brain cells. The damage is made worse by drinking in binges and with sudden withdrawal. So, yeah, alcohol is pretty fucking serious. And if it's that hard to get off of it, like, you know what I mean? Of course, these people don't seek help. You know, even like just like the regular normalized drinker, like not even just the drink yourself to death type, but the drink your your binge drinker who goes out and gets arrested every month. Uh, like, <laughs> Anna's like, <laughs> uh, but like, I ain't never real. been in cuffs. At least I wasn't in cuffs. So I ever got funny. documented. I've been in cuffs like multiple times, and I and it was before one, I ever used one time and drugs it was not or alcohol. So it didn't count. It didn't real. count. So it was, like, crazy. for two seconds, and then he looked at my ID and was like, oh, I know who you are, and then uncuffed me, and I was like, I need you to just leave and not come back. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> no, for real. <laughs> All right, just going out of here. I'm like, okay, I think it's back. so funny okay. how different we are, considering we both have, like, the same style of mental illness. Like, we, like, the way that you react to the world is just not the way I react to the world. Right. Like, I'm like, okay, let me go punch a brick wall. No, like, it's funny because everyone thinks you're Crazy Annie, and then I'm, like, over here, and I'm like... <laughs> and everyone thinks I'm just the one that's going to go drink themselves alone, and I'm just like... Mm -mm. <laughs> I think no, we're going to go get in some trouble. That's the thing, is, like, people... They... they, In my past, I've always just been like, oh, you need help. No shit. Right. Like, I'm trying. Like, and that's the same thing with the alcoholism and the normalizing, um, just like, oh, well, they just choose to drink. No shit, Karen. There's a reason they keep choosing to drink. Right? Yeah, there's a reason why I'm self-medicating. There's, there's a reason, reason why I blow up. I'm fucking bat shit and I'm losing my goddamn marbles. Like, right? I'm no. trying. <laughs> um, furthermore... The first in, uh, alcohol's damage on the brain can take a lot of different forms. Um, the first is neurotoxicity, which occurs when neurons overreact to the neurotransmitters for too long. Too much exposure to neurotransmitters can cause neurons to eventually burn out. Um, so since neurons make up pathways between the parts of the brain, when they are, when they begin burning out, it causes noticeable slowing in the reaction of these pathways. In addition to pathway damage, brain matter itself is also damaged by heavy alcohol use. It, you know, brain shrinkage. Mm -hmm. So, wow, there's like so much shit we can do to shrink our brains, right? You can get mentally abused, you can physically abuse your brain, you can, I mean, like you can cause physical trauma to your brain. Uh, what is that T? Uh, you know, whatever happened to Aaron Hernandez, mm -hmm. fucking, um, that's pretty crazy to think about when you walk around on this planet and you get all these like negative interactions with people and you're wondering like, hmm, wonder what, what's going on there? <laughs> like, what's right. going over here? And, and most people are just thinking like, oh man, what are you going to do? Like, how are you going to get hurt when you're drunk or like, what's going to happen to you when you're blackout? Or like, you know, I was always worried about hitting my head cause I always freaking hit my head whenever I'm drunk. 
bad. Mm. And I never, I never thought about just like while I'm drinking, the shit that I'm drinking is literally hurting my head right, right now more so cool. than hitting my fucking head because our brains are built with a skull that's oh yeah right. if you get hit it's gonna juggle a little bit you can bit, rattle but... your brain pretty easily with a hit so oh yeah but i mean your brain is but or your head is made for like when you're impact. drinking and then you're also creating right. impact that's, that's when you're really screwing double-edged sword yeah. it's gonna cut right through at some point yeah you gotta be careful um so anyways is there anything else you guys want to bring up as topics because Thing I, I, I think it's in my experience in sobriety recently um, I do have friends that have been like super supportive it's not like a my friend circle at least it's not stigmatized it's mm -hmm. very much like a hey good for you good yeah which I mean it's a little positive but at the same time it's like yeah no now I'm the one that's like oh yeah he admitted he had a problem we all knew it now he knows it so now we can talk about it Opened a door. I mean, you can spin that in a positive way because you're you're continuing the part that's really important, which is accountability, mm -hmm. which is a huge part of like re rehabilitation and things is knowing the parts that were you and taking ownership of it. So, I mean, yeah, it's kind of shitty to be like, oh, good for you. But it also puts back like, that's good, but you're on your journey alone and you need to make the that's right really, choices. That's, that's healthy support. Yeah. Like, that's that's you know honestly that's why i removed my parents because like they wouldn't give me that kind of support they were like fuck you you're gonna listen to me you're gonna do it my way or we're not gonna like you so you know having that support it's super essential i definitely want to give that same thing back to my son <laughs> just unconditional like you're gonna do it yourself but we're always gonna love you oh yeah please don't die you know yeah. anyways um anything else guys <laughs> running out of yeah. my brain is just like I guess I'll throw out a little more statistics because I didn't read them all because I feel like statistics are kind of boring but That's why they're the also show. really good <laughs> right. right like give me some yeah um, just throw it at me and I'll just say some wacky shit so 15.1 million adults in the US age 18 or older have alcohol use disorder as of 2019 yeah 15 million more than 15 million kids well, and I think the alcohol use disorder and alcoholism especially it's a much broader term when it comes to how much alcohol you're consuming versus what people picture it as yeah it's I mean even like if you have to have a couple of drinks every night whether you're getting hammered whether you're blacking out or if you're just having a couple of drinks every night that's technically alcoholism like Alcoholism. That is what you're looking forward to after work. Right. And this is specifically alcohol use disorder. Okay. So that's I still a large number too. where AUD right. and alcoholism is way more common than AUD, but I feel like they're also both just extremely common. Right. Well, when I was going through my intake, I kept seeing this like thing being like how often or like how, uh, you know, like how occasionally or whatever do these types of whatever occur. And I had to Google, I was like, what, what is often? Right. And then what is, what is occasionally? Occasionally is three to six times a year. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. That's why I was like, <laughs> what? Oh, fuck. I'll fuck this up. Yeah. And then cool. occasionally, or not occasionally, uh, often is once a week. And I was like, I thought that was occasionally. So, yeah, I, um, I fudged that. I think a lot of people I thought that's a good one for people to know. That. Oh, Oops. and a moment is 90 seconds. That's another one that I... That's not a moment. That's three minutes. A moment minutes. is 90 I, seconds. One and a half minutes. I can't... I'm bad at math. 
I watched you get there. <laughs> <laughs> Very slow. Uh, drinking. It took you a moment. Yeah, I'm like. <laughs> I <gotta> like <laughs> you know what's funny is like how What I do for a living actually has a large number, like a large portion of my job is math, and I'm like, why did I even work here? Like. I don't get it, and they're like... I just count things love, to make sure everything's They love how hard I work, and I'm like, yeah, but I fuck everything up, so I hope you're okay with fixing it. <laughs> it's okay. They like you for one so reason much. or another. That's why I keep a computer in my pocket at all times. Right, like our teacher said we'd never fucking have. Uh, I, know, I right? love bringing well, see, that up, being like, never, you have a calculator that, on at all like, times. I have to read description numbers and like all, all a whole bunch of numbers, not just math. Oh, yeah, so like, if I fuck up with two of these numbers, but then I do the math after that, oh man, I only got like two hours of work. So that's why uh, they wanted to put me, when I was in the medical field, they wanted to put me into more of, like, uh, dealing with, like, calling doctors and, like, going over paperwork and stuff like that. Oh, so I was, like, I was good with over the phone on the doctor because I could get a doctor to actually give me medication for a patient instead of being like, oh, I'm putting it off. And I'd be like, they need their diabetes medication. I can't um, function. Like, I can barely sit here and record for an hour and, like, try to articulate... Yeah. No, after a while, I, it was like, I just couldn't do the paperwork part of it because oh. I was like mixing up people's numbers and people's, I like, you know, because their identification numbers are like these long, um, like number letter combo, right? And like, I'm dyslexic, fifth generation dyslexic. And so I'm just like, I feel ah, you. And I'm, I'm constantly like, switching numbers. And even one of my leads was like, I figured out where you went wrong here. It yep. was eight, nine, 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 not nine, eight, but yep. I figured what yep. she did wrong because you've been working here for five years and fucking the same thing up. So. <laughs> Thanks, we man. know how we know how you screw up. We got up. you. Yep. Uh, Aliza, you know, with the staffing shortage and everything, <laughs> the job security. <laughs> Try to replace me. I dare to you. To be fair, aside from like my mistakes that I make, I do work, son. So like they appreciate me, but they also know she's just not that sharp of a pencil. I don't know. <laughs> like no, you're a sharp pencil. You're have, just your pencils get smaller and smaller. It's not and just smaller. that, but like I'm just I like I look back on my last few years that or five years that I've worked there and I'm like, I went through a lot of huge life changes and my ability to critically think has always been hindered. Especially as I'm continually consuming, you know, toxic behavior and abuse from people in my family and like taking my life to the direction that they want it, not the way I want it. And I actually sat there at work yesterday and I was like Fuck! I need to quit my job. I hate my job. I hate my job now. See, I like, I'm like my job. They just don't appreciate me. It's not that. I just don't want to do this sh shitty job anymore. I want to be a creator. Like that's who I am. I want to be a photographer. I want to start. I want to keep I this podcast going. I want to, you know, maybe start dabble in a little bit of videography slash YouTube. Just be able to to sink myself into my fucking self. Yeah. Hell yeah. But I have a kid, and I'm like the breadwinner ish in hey. this situation. So we are away a little while. Yeah, but, but you've that's also shown me that you can do other stuff. Like this podcast has shown me, Annie, like you've given me a light on my life to even consider like going to therapy, talking to someone, getting on medications. Like don't doubt yourself. You're you're a fucking gift in my I'm life. I'm just like this rent costs fourteen hundred dollars. Oh well, yeah. I mean and the, I there's a always gonna be a struggle. Where I can have a studio like a room, like space. Right. But at least you're a fighter. At least you're like, okay, I'm rec I mean, we're we going to get a house. We are recording in my son's bedroom right now, so you're not <laughs> making it so happen. But it's so and cozy, and it's, like, very open. And, like, you know, I don't have to quit my job right now or even in a year from now, but, like, even Dylan and I were on that page where, like, you need to do what you need to do to advance where you're at so that I can fucking push myself off of from where I'm at because mm -hmm. I've built these things around me, but I'm still connected and tied down to um, a Monday through Friday mm -hmm. 
And yeah, it's, it's tough. It's really tough. Because I know I could definitely run my photo biz. Oh, yeah. And like, there's not just like, I don't just do portraiture. Like, I'll be going to do real estate photography, um, you know, going to dealerships, take pictures of cars because I've got like all the right lenses and just collecting work. Yeah. <laughs> but it's about making that risk and calculating it. Well, if anyone can do it in my circle of friends, it's you. I just so. hope my job doesn't like drive me crazy until I get wearing a red hat here. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> There's so few people that are gonna know that reference. All right, let's end the show with we pulled the suicide prevention. Um, I've got the Substance Abuse Mental Health Services Administration, the SAMHSA. I don't know. I got nothing other Some than therapy um, They are like the main hotline that I've found to and resource for alcoholics that I found that's nationwide and it's super resourceable. Like they've got a lot of, of goodies. So check out their website. That's the Substance Abuse Mental Health Services Administration. That's S-A-M-H-S-A. Um, their number for their hotline, if you want to call that, is 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-HELP. Four three five seven. Go ahead and give them a call and see what kind of things they can help you with. I did read some other stuff on their website with just like assistance with living and detox and just, yeah. So they've got all the resources on that website. Check it out. Yeah. And as always, we gave you guys the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Um, go ahead and give these guys a call. Give them a chat. You can go online and talk to them as well. And it doesn't have to be about if you're suicidal or anything. You guys can use them as a crisis line. Um, they're very... Uh, uh, prepared people that have like a whole training uh, sessions that they go on. They go through a lot of different critical training for um, different groups within different communities. So they are trained for people that are like, you know, um, people of color or people from uh, domestic violence situations, things like that. So there, any any problem you might have, there's going to be someone there that, that can talk to you. Um, and that number, you guys, is going to be 800-273-8255. Again, it's 800 <laughs> 273-8255 and I am available for voiceovers if anyone needs so because I think I read numbers pretty well. You have a good voice. Thank you. Actually, a couple of the listeners have said that they like your voice and I'm like, thanks. Thanks, y'all. I, I like, hate my I voice. like your, both the voices. <laughs> That's why I like being on this show. Like, I like this show. But um, then I have a show. Yes. Yes. It's, it's Six Sheets Under. Check it out. Follow. Um, tell our followers where they can find you. Uh, well, yeah, podcasts, we're on eight different streaming platforms right now, so if you listen to podcasts, just type in Six Sheets Under, it'll pop up. Um, Twitter, I believe we're at Six Sheets, and then I think our Gmail is Six Sheets Under Podcast at gmail.com. Like, subscribe, follow, all of the things. Stars Leave us comments, and reviews. let us know what we're doing. Oh, I'm, I'm talking about his show first. Uh, for all, all, yeah, all the shows. All the yeah. shows. Interact yeah. with people who make shows, people. Let them know no how they're doing. No matter how big the show is, Always they so like hearing that. Yeah. We, yes. we like feedback. We like, I like praise. We like you guys. I'm going to be honest. Yes. That's why we I do like this. Praise. We love you guys. Support, support, support. Like, yes, um, feedback is definitely helpful. Um, let us know what we're doing right. Let us know what we're doing wrong. Um, let us know what you would like to hear. Talk about whatever. Um, we do have a, a couple more guests that we're going to have on the show here soon. But because all of these recordings got so jumbled up, we're going to record alone next. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully that turns out good, too. Yeah. Talk about um, behavior versus I forgot. It was a good subject. It's a good subject. You guys are going to like it. So it's a surprise. But it'll have to do with behavior. Beliefs. 
versus behavior. Sorry. Okay, now you guys know what it's about. Beliefs versus <laughs> behavior. The with there goes the food. surprise. <laughs> Sorry, Thanks, I'm, Annie. I can't keep surprises. <laughs> I'm All right. To get something going. We're going to end the show with a little bit of goo. Good goo. Some goo. I, good I've goo. I've been up since 4.30 in the morning. My brain is goo. Um, but my little bit of good is learning... And I'm going to repeat this from the last episode that we recorded that no one's going to hear. Um, healing is not linear. Mm-hmm. Healing is a fucking shit show. Amen. And you might as well wait to mop up the mess until you're just ready. Because <laughs> that's just the way it goes. Like, one, like for the last couple weeks, I will admit that I've been like on an up. And like that's why I said I got the the sober counting app but now again. But you getting scared and, of the down. Now I'm like fuck. But like no, I've been having those moments where like usually I go the fucking other way, mm-hmm. and instead of going the other way, I just like run into a wall and it hurts really bad and I fucking hate it. But I don't go the other way. Yeah, but that's because you're supposed to climb the wall and get over it. Right? I'm not just keep going. I'm not keep trying going. to go the other way as in freak the fuck out is what yeah, I mean. Yeah. I'm not trying to go to the other way. I'm trying to hit that wall and just walk my ass back to happy. There you go. And not be a fucking idiot and ruin my life. So it's it's been a it's been a just like a really big blessing in my own brain to just be able to be like, you did succeed. Hell yeah. I mean you may fucking still fail. <laughs> but the fact that I can track growth and like I'm going through this BPD book Mm-hmm. I got it for Anna, too. It's called uh, Borderline Personality Workbook. Shout out to the guys who wrote that. They have a whole series of all sorts of books on all s- sorts of subjects, but reflecting back on it and, like, going through it and, like, realizing the steps and measures in the early beginnings of that book weren't really needed for me in a growth in a growth way because I'd already grown through that. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was, I don't know, it was just really eye-opening to... We're going to be talking about that book next episode just because of, like, how much of a turning point that is for Borderlines. And I got Anna the book, too, so she's got to do it. I got to carve out time. <laughs> I got it for you. I got you all this mental health stuff for your birthday. I know. And now I'm like, oh, no, I fucking have to do Everyone's giving me that kind of shit. And I'm like, oh, so now we See, know that I am broken. Everyone's giving me mental it. health shit. It's <laughs> like, I knew you were still in, like, somewhat of a, a mode where you're like, I know that I'm... I fucking need to do this. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I caught it, and I'm like, I hope she does it. I will, um, I will. The quizzes are really interesting, and it helps you kind of, like, break down your borderline and what your attachment styles, your behavior styles. Like, it just, like, gives you all this helpful information, and it gives you also, like, real-life circumstances and stories of Jane and Joe or whatever. But, yeah, it, it's been a huge turning point. Healing is not linear. Oh, Anybody yeah. else? What's your um, little bit of good? Well, I started uh, psychotherapy and um, counseling, so this bitch is medicated. That's a lot of good. Yeah, it's a a whole lot of good. That's a huge good. So, yeah. You start to balance yourself out and work through the mess of your brain. It's a huge, huge step forward, especially when you get a diagnosis. Um, Yeah, diagnosed and dosed. We hear, so... Diagnosis is the hardest part of therapy. Well, we're we're <laughs> most people don't even come to a diagnosis yeah. because therapists don't always believe in that, um, unless you're like us. <laughs> yeah, no, no, my my psychoanal or my psychotherapist also told me they're like we're just gonna start with this, um, which is like you know complex PTSD. Because uh, that's, that's the first start, start yeah. with BPD. That's um, where I started. Well, yeah, and that's what they PTSD. They, they refuse to say like we're gonna work our way there, but the, like me and them are like. 
we know. We know where this is going. Yeah. So You've got, like, we're the uh, we're making our way through the hoops. We're making those steps. So Good. eventually we'll get down to a, a treatment plan that'll help. So I yeah, think when we hit 300 listens that we should have like some form of a celebration. Yeah, I agree. Celebrate, like celebrate okay. those landmarks. Like we're getting close, and I'm like, mm. yes. <laughs> like just watching this thing kind of. Look, I didn't ever expect anybody to even listen to this, but like the fact that we have a, an estimated audience of thirty. Yeah, I know that's like, awesome. Thirty people care about this show. A whole classroom full of people. And one of them might be me because I listen to every episode. <laughs> I try. I started listening to your podcast, which is excellent. You have a great podcasting voice. Um, but I don't know. I have a hard time listening to ours because I don't like my voice, even though y'all like my you voice. You either go great. one way or the other. Yeah, I hate my own voice. So I, I have to I edit every know. episode. So I started I liking my it. voice more now that I listen to it. Be- but then I've also been like, ooh, you're I also working on like loving that. yourself. So that might go hand in hand. Maybe. Yeah. And then, like, the way I sound to other people it's actually helped me like redirect my dialectical which is a huge mm-hmm. fucking part of bpd mm-hmm. is your dialectical yeah. that's why what they call you tell it yourself dialectical what you behavioral. say all the time yeah <laughs> yeah and and just how you speak to yourself not just what you say mm-hmm. but how um in your own head it's a really tough process but yeah dialectical has been a huge relief anyway what's your you, little Reggie? bit of good I'm over 170 days sober. Like that's a and we are good like thing a I do every bunch day. Right now, we're all Hell thriving, yeah. glowing. For now, we're on and up. <laughs> for next Come week. back next time. We'll be on down. Fuck. Like, what are downs for you? For like, for like, as far as like your your sobriety has been so far, what does like your down feel like? It's those moments of stress. I'm very motivated by stress. Stress to want to drink. Mm-hmm. So. It my down moments are when I am stressed and I know there's a liquor store right behind where I work, mm-hmm. literally almost connected to where I work. It's like your homing <laughs> signals, like yeah. Mm. It's like oh, remember when you used to just go on your lunch breaks and get liquor? Like, so those are my down moments. That. To be able to just be like no, like you've lost jobs, you've lost a, a relationship. Like it doesn't go- once going yeah going back does not make anything positive. Right. Stress is my trigger, number one trigger in my book, too. Um, it used to be abandonment, but since I've been healing, it's mm. not anymore because I had to force myself to be abandoned. <laughs> but um, that stress, it's a fucking kicker. It can, like, a split second, you can make the wrong decision. At least for me, maybe that's because our emotions are extra right large. Surface, yeah. I have to remember that not everybody feels the way we Isn't feel. That yeah. Isn't yeah. that weird? That is something weird to think about. Even like... Fucking normies. I was going to say from a... I, w- I wasn't going to say it, but... people out there from a with, nor- you, yeah. Well, but everybody has something. That's the thing. Is you just... Some people show more. Some people show right. less. It doesn't some people mean go home and kick their dog. Right. And it doesn't mean that like Welcome you to don't my have show. a cup. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> kick a dog. It just, like, the best analogy for PPD that I've ever seen was on TikTok. And it was a therapist who had two cups, and one cup was already almost full, Mm -hmm. and that's the cup with BPD. And the Mm -hmm. other cup is just, like, half full. And then she adds stress. Mm. When you add the stress to the the regular stressed out, anxious, depressed person, they don't fill up as fast. Mm -hmm. When you add the stress to the borderline, they overflow. One thing that's really helped me with going through therapy is learning like ways to calm down and to like mm-hmm. give myself 
because it's really I have to take myself out of it for a few seconds. Yeah, it's thought work. And <laughs> do a breathing exercise and do something to That's stop myself and like really pull out of the event. What's funny is I've got the breathing things down. I didn't even realize for uh, a long time as a child I was doing that to calm myself down. Right now what I'm working on is realizing when I'm getting into the place where I'm like, I'm getting angry, I'm getting stressed, I'm getting over, overloaded. So on the Calm app, if you have it, on the Calm app, they have different types of mm. breathing exercises. Mm. Oh, my, it's freezing. You got like relax, balance, restore, focus, energize. This blew my fucking mind because like the, the one time that I always turn to like meditation is when I'm super anxious and I just don't fucking want to be anxious anymore because it drives me to the places i don't want to go and you don't think something as simple as breathing is going to change it but like it's the first it's one of the first things that's like uh uh i say ignited when um when you're stressed or when you're triggered is you're like your breath either gets shortened or it just like you have to take really deep breaths like it's one of the first things that's that's triggered in the body to change and so it's like of course breath work actually actually works and then also focusing like being able to mentally focus on your breath that right. means you're not focusing mm-hmm. on what's triggering you you're being taking able to the control energy. it yep. too i think that's what's missing when people are like what's breath work what's 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 these this shit it's it's being able to inhale and exhale without any shudder shake yeah. or shiver you yeah. want to be able to do it and control yeah. your lungs with your brain instead yeah. of letting your brain control your lungs and create right. exactly. physical yeah. and you may start effect. shaking and, and, and not able to do it but right. it's when you get yourself to the place when you're I... able to do it you are now in a place to start making rational decisions rather than just allowing your body to go 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 mm-hmm. when i first start doing it when i'm like because i always do it when i'm like okay i'm gonna freak out so it's time to fucking do a breathing exercise um i'm always like and then it gets smoother and smoother it takes me about two minutes that's what my call map says it takes me about two minutes of that and then i'm like all right get the fuck on with it but you know this meditation thing and this breathing exercise stuff it's not easy for everyone Mm. it definitely takes practice and it takes failing and it takes getting back up again and it not everybody needs it like but i will say that like breath like breathing and meditation are the two best ways to control your mind. Mm-hmm. You'll never get a, a easier access to your brain unless you literally just try to shut it off. And then it talks to you in ways that you never thought mm-hmm. either. Because one time I was meditating and I was like, oh, <laughs> like unlock, <laughs> you know. And when you do that, like you, you just don't get a better access to your brain than when you try to like actually like control it. I agree. Anyways, that's enough for from all of us. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us through this topic. Um, please like, follow, subscribe. All the things we're on, you know, Anchor and, and Spotify. We'll be on everything soon, but we're working on that. I've yeah. got a lot of kinks to figure out in my life. But um, like, follow, subscribe. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and we're on Twitter at AAYO Podcast, all caps. Uh, thanks for listening and. We'll see you next time. Love you. Love ya.